Amen. I appreciate those testimonies. The Lord is worthy of our praise. We may not be worthy, but He's worthy. Even when we don't feel like it, we may be at our lowest point, may be crawling in the dirt almost dead, but He's still worthy of our praise. Proverbs chapter 4, in your Bibles, please. Proverbs chapter 4, I hope you'll pray for me tonight. I'm not even worthy to... I'm not worthy to be saved, not even worthy to preach, but this is God's doings, so we'll give Him glory for it. And it's not certainly not about me, and it's not about you, it's about Him. Yes, sir. It's all about Him. That's right. Proverbs chapter 4, and verse number 14 and 15, says, Enter not. God's got up a do not enter sign. He's got a roadblock set up. He says, Do not enter, enter not into the path of the wicked. Don't go in the path. Don't get off at their, don't get off at their entrance ramp. And go not in the way. Don't get on their highway. Don't get on their interstate. Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. The Lord's got some roadblocks set up. Now, the roadblocks that we see in life when we're driving down a roadway... And there's a roadblock there. It messes up our plans. And uh, we don't like them. They slow us down. They're an inconvenience. Uh, they make us take another route. But you know, sometimes God will put a roadblock in our lives. And He may remove it later on, or He may not remove it at all. He may have a different direction for us to go in life. But roadblocks. I want to talk to you about roadblocks tonight in God's Word. There's different kinds of roadblocks in the Bible. Satan sets up roadblocks. The Lord sets up roadblocks. Sometimes we set up our own roadblocks. Uh, I think about the children of Israel in Psalm 78, verse 11. It tells us that, the, uh, that Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God by their unbelief. And may God keep us from that. May the Lord keep us from that. We hinder ourselves. And then sin is a roadblock to the blessings of God. So I want to speak to you for just a few minutes on, uh, on roadblocks in the Word of God. Now, if I can get my notes out here, I'm glad I'm with a bunch of patient people. Praise the Lord for, praise the Lord for His children. Hallelujah! I appreciate y'all. I could, I could mess up real bad up here, and y'all still love me anyway. And likewise, y'all could do the same. I still love you. It's good to be a part of the family of God. Well, there's examples of roadblocks. Balaam's donkey was a roadblock to Balaam, a false, foolish prophet who thought he was going to go down the road and curse God's children. And uh, he found out that there was a donkey that God let him talk to him. And the crazy thing about it, the prophet was so crazy that he talked back to the donkey. And uh, crazy guy there, <coughs> foolish guy. But God put up a roadblock for Balaam, and he used a donkey to do it. There was a whale that swallowed Jonah. Uh, we know the story about Jonah. Jonah was running from the Lord, and God set up a roadblock. He used a whale for a roadblock. Uh, Jonah thought he was going to Tarshish, the opposite direction, but the Lord said, you ain't going that way. Sent a whale to swallow him and uh, took him back toward Nineveh, where he was supposed to go, and he did what he was supposed to do. But you know, not everybody has a big fish experience. The Lord may not do that for us. Now, God's big enough. We talked about how He's able to do exceeding abundantly of all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, God is big enough to let a, walk, a whale walk in the back door and walk down the aisle and swallow whoever's not 
obedient to the Lord. I mean, he can do that. Chances are he probably won't, but he can do that. Now, God doesn't give everybody a big fish experience. He may just kill you and be done with it. You know, he puts up with a lot of foolishness. He puts up with a lot of foolishness for me. Uh, he puts up with a lot of foolishness. But Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his heart, or hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly, suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. God loves people, but he also kills people. Think about uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Think about uh, the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah set up a roadblock, so to speak, for Moses. They didn't want to obey the man of God. They thought they knew more than he did or whatever. And uh, God opened up the earth and swallowed, I think it was like 300 men, and then closed back there. That's, that's what he thought about it. Uh, we don't stand against the man of God. Uh, Daniel prayed, and his prayer was held up. His, hell was, his, uh, his prayer was blocked for 21 days because there was a spiritual warfare taking place. Uh, Joseph had a dream. Joseph in the Old Testament had a dream that God was going to make him a leader. But he had a roadblock. His brothers were a roadblock. His own flesh and blood were a roadblock. Uh, they put him in a pit and sold him into slavery. Uh, and he was headed down to Egypt. Then he had another roadblock. Potiphar's wife lied about him. And then he had another roadblock. He was put in prison for 13 years. Could you imagine being put in prison for 13 years for something you didn't even do? Man, that's, that's the reason for bitterness. There's no reason for bitterness. But if he, if he could have been a bitter man, he could have been a bitter man. But he had a promise. Amen. He had a promise. God gave him something, and he was hanging on to it all the way. He hung on it through the, through the pit and through the slavery. He hung on to it through, through Potiphar's wife's situation. He hung on it through the prison, and God delivered him. Amen. He had a promise. But it was the roadblocks. It was those roadblocks in Joseph's life that took him to the palace of Egypt, and he became the second highest person in the land. He was in charge of commerce. He was in charge of the money. He was in charge of the property. And uh, it took him some roadblocks to get through. Dr. Lee Robertson had been in a meeting in Alabama, and his daughter died. His little girl died. Uh, her name was Joy, and, of course, that's where we, uh, he founded Camp Joy and call, uh, for boys and girls, if we remember Camp Joy from years ago. But uh, Dr. Lee Robertson was on his way home from Alabama from a meeting, and he came across a roadblock, a real, a real roadblock blocking the road, and, uh, of course, it, it bothered him. But that's when a verse came to his mind, Romans 8, 28. And he claimed that as his life verse and took that verse with him throughout the rest of his life, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That, now, this is easy preaching but hard living sometimes. Yes, that flat tire that you get on the way to work in the morning or, and, it's in, and it's raining, God has a purpose in that if we're yeah. walking with him. Romans 8, 28. It's got Romans 8. That tire's got, you thought it said Michelin on it or whatever, but it's got Romans 8, 28 on it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the flat tire is God's will for your life sometimes. Amen. Now, that house that burns down, I hope nobody's house burns down, but that house that burns down, it's got Romans 8, 28 written in the ashes. Uh, Job was in the ashes. Job lost everything he had. He was in the ashes. Satan sets up roadblocks. But you know what? The roadblocks that Satan sets up can't even be set up without God's permission. So when Satan sets up a roadblock in our lives, God confiscates Satan's roadblocks and uses it for his glory, for God's glory, and for our good. The scripture tells us that Paul was hindered twice by Satan. Uh, Satan hindered Job, but God took Satan's roadblocks and turned them around and used them for his glory and Job's good. 
Job had twice as much as before when it was all over with. And Job was twice as good as he was before. He said, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. It was the roadblocks that took Job and brought him forth as gold. The trial, the trial that Job went through wasn't about his stuff, the things that he had. The trial that Job went through was, a, was about him and what God could make out of him, a, a, godlier, a godlier man. And then God sets up roadblocks. God sets up roadblocks. Paul was on the road to Damascus, and God set up a roadblock when the Lord appeared to him there. And uh, Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, but he ended up going there preaching to Christians. So we need the roadblocks in our life. Uh, just a personal roadblock that I had in my own life. There was a day when I was, I was much younger. I was 19 years old. I just got out of jail. And that very same day, before the day was over, I was in the hospital. God set up a, bro a roadblock, and that was a turning point in my life. And I'm thankful that he allowed that to happen. Uh, then Paul, we think about Paul, Acts chapter 16, Paul was trying to go into Bithynia, into the country of Bithynia. He was trying to go into Asia, it tells us. And the Holy Ghost told him, no, not to go there. It said he was forbidden by the Holy Ghost to go into Bithynia. Now, we may not have understood that at the time. Paul may not have understood, well, Lord, I want to go into Bithynia and preach the gospel to these people. They need to be saved. But God had a different plan. Instead, a man showed up in a vision to Paul uh, a night or two later. And uh, a man from Macedonia said, come over and help us. And what happened in Macedonia? Well, it tells us that Lydia and her family were saved. A demon-possessed woman was delivered. The Philippian jailer and his family were saved. A church was started, and we have the book of Philippians. And it's all because of roadblock. Now, Paul may not have understood that, and we might not have understood a lot of things about the roadblocks in our lives, but God is working, and we may not see it, but we can trust His hand. We can trust Him when we can't, when we can't trace Him. Well, the Ten Commandments are roadblocks. You think about that. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. God says don't go there. Don't, don't enter into there. Don't go that way. Uh, these are do not enter signs or roadblocks. Uh, well, just, just three of them here. It says thou shalt not steal. Uh, not from the church, not from the work, not from their parents. Uh, you steal, you have to pay a price. You go to jail or pay a fine or both. Uh, thou, shalt, thou shalt not kill another roadblock. Not with our hands or with our heart. We may never kill anybody with our hands, but we kill people with our hearts. The Bible says if we have hatred in our heart, uh, then we're guilty. Not only that, but it damages our conscience. It damages our relationship with the Lord. And then uh, the scripture says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And, and say, why? Because God says so. That's why. Uh, you may get killed uh, messing around with somebody's wife or messing around with somebody's, with somebody's husband. You may get killed. Another reason is there's 25 sexually transmitted diseases. 25, you know. God knows what he's doing when he puts up the roadblocks. No reason to question him, just obey him. Lord help us. The devil sets up roadblocks. God sets up roadblocks, and we set up our own roadblocks. And that's probably the worst kind there is when we set up our own roadblocks. Psalm, uh, Psalm 84.11 says, he, with, he, God, will withhold no good thing from them who walk uprightly. If we're not walking uprightly, then we're blocking the blessings of God. We've set up a roadblock for ourselves. James chapter 4 says, Ye have not because you ask not. That's a roadblock. Prayerlessness is a roadblock. Lack of prayer and Bible reading is a roadblock. We, 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 we hurt our own selves. 
We set up our own roadblock. Who, who wants to set up a roadblock out in their own driveway so they can't get out and just be, just be a prisoner there and, and become bitter? Bitterness is a roadblock. He says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. That's a roadblock. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. That's a roadblock. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God, another roadblock. Yes. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, if we don't forgive others, God won't forgive us. We set up our own roadblocks when we, fail, when we hold a grudge against someone. Yes, sir. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 tells us that we set up roadblocks in our marriage and our prayers are hindered. I mentioned bitterness as a roadblock. Naaman the Syrian had leprosy, but worse than having leprosy that he was going to die of, worse than having leprosy was the pride that he had. And pride was the roadblock in his life that kept him from being healed. But when he humbled himself and he obeyed, then he was healed. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God resists the proud. That's a roadblock. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Nicodemus had a religious roadblock. Hopefully nobody like that here tonight, but God offers his grace and extends it to you that you can be saved. uh, Nicodemus had a religious roadblock. And he did, but he needed to be born again, Jesus told him in John chapter 3. If you've got a religious roadblock, just kick it over and come to the Lord. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let anyone hold you back. Don't let pride hold you back. Don't let pride be a roadblock. And then we set up our own roadblocks when we fail to live holy, separated lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. You know, I wasn't even going to use this verse today, but when I was preparing this message, I, I, I just felt like I should use it. And uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's here for somebody. Uh, it's here for all of us, actually. The Word of God is for all of us. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? We set up a roadblock when we have ungodly, when we have relationships, we have, uh, uh, when we have when righteous people have fellowship with unrighteous people. Now, Somebody said we're, we, should have, we should be a friend to people, but we don't have to be a friend with people. We want to help people, we want to see them saved, but we don't need to hang around and go to the places they go and do what they do. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them. Come out from among those roadblocks. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Don't touch those unclean roadblocks, and I will receive you. Here's the promise. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I'd rather have a relationship than a roadblock. I don't want to be a roadblock to the church. I don't want to be a roadblock to the pastor. If I'm backslidden, I'm tying up his time and his energy and tying up the church's time and energy when we could be doing other things for the Lord. Being in a backslidden state, if, if the pastor wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning, he's praying for you because you're backslidden, you're robbing him of sleep and you'll answer the Lord for it. And I will too. The key is to get right. If you're backslidden... You're a grief to the Lord and a drain on the church and a drain to your own soul. And you're honoring Satan. First John says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Loving the brethren is more than just a handshake and a hug. Loving the brethren, it keeps us, it's keeping ourselves from sin and trying to live pure lives. And we honor our brothers and sisters when we try to keep ourselves from sin and they honor us. Because we're a family, we don't want to hurt them. We don't want to grieve the people of God. 
That's what loving the brethren is. It's being willing to lay down our lives for each other. 1 John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Here's a searching question for you and for me. Is there anybody in this church you and I would not be willing to lay down our lives for? Is there anybody in this church you and I would not be willing to lay down our lives for? Not just our physical lives, but our financial lives and our daily lives. And I believe that's in the context of 1 John chapter 3, if you want to read it sometime. Not just our physical lives, but financial lives and our daily lives. We set up roadblocks when we fail to fully surrender to the Lord. To fully surrender to the Lord. Now, this is my wallet here. Uh, it's on loan to me because it belongs to Him. But you know what? I don't want, and the money in here says in God we trust anyway, so it's His. But uh, I don't want this to come between me and him. And then, I don't want, no, like the song says, nothing between my soul and the Savior so that his blessed face may be seen. Now, I'm far from perfect and the Lord knows that. And you know that. And then, uh, I've got another illustration here. If I can get it out. Stay tuned. Uh, okay, now, it's empty. I ran it by security. We're okay, all right? This is a BB gun, and it's empty, all right? Now, man, I'll just say this real quickly. I thought about this illustration, so I'll use it, all right? We love our guns, right? And some of you ladies love your guns. Anybody here don't like guns? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> all right, but I don't want my love for guns to come between me and him. And, or anything else. This is just one illustration. Uh, and we could use a lot of other things we could talk about. We could talk about our games and, and uh, our television shows and things we like to do and places we... I don't want any of that. We should not want any of that to come between us and Him. And then, maybe your roadblock is an addiction. Uh, maybe it's alcohol, drugs, pornography. Maybe it's... Uh, maybe it's cigarettes. Marlboro. Now, this is empty. I didn't smoke them. But uh, one of the deacons gave it to me. I won't, I won't say which one. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Y'all are laughing. That's good. All right. Good for you. Releases endorphins. Makes you feel good. All right. Makes me feel good, too. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, I know what it is. You know what? I... When I quit smoking, it was 1976. Don't try to figure all that up right now. Uh, it was 19, and, and a pack of cigarettes was like 65 cents. You know what they are now? They're like 5 or $6 for these things. That's crazy. So I'm figuring, now this, this is a rough estimate here. Uh, if I didn't quit smoking when I quit smoking, if, if suppose I didn't quit smoking and I was still smoking today. All right, 40 years, 365 days a year, all right, so I'm figuring for all that time, I would have smoked 14,600 packs of cigarettes. All right, now I figured between 65 cents and five to six, $5 a pack now, I think it was I figured, $5 a pack now, and uh, I kind of, you know, played with the figures a little bit. So if I would have smoked 14,600 packs of cigarettes over the past 40 years, I'd be in pretty bad shape, but for $3 a pack, that would have been $43,800. That's a lot of money. 
and it all just went up in smoke. I mean, you could, you could buy, oh, I didn't mean that. Anyway, <laughs> all went up in smoke. Um, 43,800 dollars. Man, you could buy you could buy a foreclosed house for that. Yeah. Or you could buy a car and have money left over. Uh, you say, what'd you spend all that money on that you saved? Junk food. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to let's duck series here. There are roadblocks. There are roadblocks we need to set up in our lives. Uh, for example, if, if you've had a background with alcohol before, maybe you're a new believer or something, or, or just have struggled with it all your life, after your saved life, uh, you have a problem with alcohol, and some of the guys at work, and maybe some of your friends, or maybe family, they, want to, they, they invite you over for a cookout or something, and you know there's going to be alcohol there, and you know that's a temptation for you, set up a roadblock. Just make up your mind before time. Go do something else. Just excuse yourself and don't go. And that could be applied to other things besides alcohol. Uh, there was a story I heard years ago on the radio, and, and, and I may not have all the facts right, but it went something like this. Uh, a man was at work, and there was a woman that had been flirting with him. So he wrote out a list of reasons not to sin and put them in his wallet. Uh, I'll say he put it next to his wife's picture. I don't remember all the story, like I said. Put it in his wallet next to his wife's picture. And uh, the list may have went something like this. Giving in would dishonor God. Number two, it would hurt my wife. Number three, it would ruin my marriage. Number four, it would destroy my children. Number five, it would hurt my testimony. Number six, she ain't worth it. He was setting up a roadblock in his heart and mind. He was in preparation. And I think about Daniel. Daniel purposed. The Bible tells us Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. And that's what we have to do is, is uh, to purpose in our hearts. Amen. The word of God and prayer and gathering with the church and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together are all roadblocks against sin and self and Satan. Yeah. Then we need to be a roadblock to others. Lost, unsaved people. Somebody said we may be the only Bible they see. We may be the only roadblock they see between them and hell. And then we need a roadblock. We need to be a roadblock to each other. And I've asked three of these guys to help me. And we'll, we'll come down there on the floor where everybody can see maybe better. Uh, I got my notes with me in case I need them too. Y'all excuse me. All right. You three guys come and help me, whoever I ask. All right. Andrew, I need you to stay there. Maybe back up a little bit. Jeffrey, I need you right here. All right. And then I need you right over there if you would. Okay. Now, he represents Satan and temptation. Sorry, Andrew. And he represents a child of God, a saint of God. All right? He is coming after him. Satan and temptation is coming after the child of God. All right? I need my roadblock. You stand right here in front of Jeff. All right? This is my roadblock. This, this little roadblock here is going to stop him from attacking the child of God. You said, well, he's small. Remember, David was a shepherd boy. He had a sling and some stones, and he used them, took them out the first, with the first rock. So little is much when God is in it. And this is just a roadblock. By itself, it means nothing. But what is inside this roadblock is everything. Excuse me. He's got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He's got the Word of God in him. He's got the blood of Christ on him. So he's got a lot of power backing him up, not in himself, but in himself, in Christ Jesus, the Lord. 
He's able to do, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And so, let me see if I can get this right now. Walking along so unaware that just up ahead was Satan's snare. His plan was to bring his prayer and praise down to defeat. Well, Satan's big scheme just might have worked, but there's one thing that he overlooked. (laughs) Some little saint had listened to God and got on their knees. And somebody prayed him out of harm's way. All right, you can be seated. Thank you for it. And if I had a choice that I could make to be very rich or be a roadblock, I'd be a roadblock. Because the rewards are eternal and money doesn't last. We need to be a roadblock for each other. Well, here's the invitation. Everybody stand, please. Simple little illustration, simple, simple invitation. You got any roadblocks in your life that need to be torn down? Any addictions? Any sins? Anything that needs to be forsaken? Repentance needs to take place? You got any roadblocks in your life? It's time to get rid of them. And then do you need to build some roadblocks in your life? Some things to think about there. I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, We'll go ahead and have an invitation. You come do whatever the Lord tells you to do. Invitation.